right. Happy Father's Day waypoint to you fathers here in the room. Um, welcome. My name is Austin. I am a part of the team here at Waypoint, and uh, I am also a dad. And as a dad, we like to think we're pretty funny. And that's funny because usually we're the ones that think we're funny. Right? That's usually we're the only ones that think we're funny, um, which is what, where I believe the term uh, dad joke came from, right? Because it's only funny to dad, essentially. Does anyone know when a joke becomes a dad joke? When it becomes a parent. <laughs> All right, there's enough dads in the room today. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you, thank you. All right. So, um, this, this week, this week I saw a dude wearing a t-shirt uh, that I thought would be perfect, a perfect segue for my message today. And uh, so if I've got a picture of that. So I don't, if you can't read that, it says, it's not a dad bod, it's a father figure. <laughs> and so, um, so today, that's what I'm going to be talking about. Uh, not, not like our uncanny ability as fathers, our no-waste mentality when it comes to finishing our kids' plates, um, you know, which helps us maintain our father figures, right? That's not what I'm talking about uh, today. No, I mean, uh, and you guys know this, what I mean is the adult um, men that influence our lives. So I want to talk about our father figures. And uh, quite honestly, I could take all morning and walk you through all kinds of research and studies that show the significance, the impact that a prominent father figure has on a family. Uh, but instead, I want to show you guys some birds. So, here are some birds. This is a Caspian tern. And uh, these Caspian terns, every year uh, when they migrate south, um, every year these birds migrate south. And what's interesting about these birds isn't the fact that they migrate, because uh, in fact, fun fact, two-thirds of birds migrate. Um, it's, it isn't even necessarily how they migrate. You guys are like, why, am I, why, am I, why are we learning about birds right now? Hang in there with me, okay? Hang in there. Um, because here's what's actually interesting, okay? It's actually how they learn to migrate that's interesting. A study was conducted to learn how the skills of migration was passed down from generation to generation. And what they discovered was apparently fascinating to bird nerds out there, all bird nerds. If you're a bird nerd in the room, Welcome. This, is, this one's for you, okay? If you, also, no offense. <laughs> but what they learned is that every year when it's time to migrate south, all of the young terns are taught the secrets of migration by their biological fathers. Quote, this indicates that in Caspian terns, at least, it is of the utmost importance for the young to migrate together with an experienced male to survive their first migration. The study also shows that during their first solo migration back to the breeding grounds, 
Young terns use the same migratory routes they took with their fathers on their first journey south. Quote, this indicates that Caspian terns migration, this indicates that in Caspian terns, migration knowledge is inherited through culture from one generation to another. This has consequences on the decisions individuals make years after they migrated with their father. Caspian terns and humans, and in humans alike, a father's influence will affect generations to come. And so that's why we talked about birds. Again, I could have spent all morning talking about the significance of a father's influence on mental health, emotional well-being, developmental growth, professional careers, future relationships. I think you get the point. Dads, your role as a father is the most important thing about your life. I'll clarify that more as we go on. Your role as a husband goes hand in hand with that. A good father is also a good husband. A good husband is also a good father. And a healthy marriage is one of the greatest gifts you can give your children. But for today, I want to talk about father figures because we all have a father, naturally. Like, to be sitting in this room, you have to have had a father. Whether they're still living or around, we all have or have had a father. And no person has the same father experience. I would even argue that siblings don't even have the same father experience. For that reason, conversations like this are complicated because fathers are complicated, because we're complicated. Mothers are complicated. Siblings, families are complicated. It's just, in general, complicated. All right, I've said that enough. You get the point. But I want to be sensitive to that idea. Understanding that fathers and families, it's complex. And perhaps there are uh, painful wounds or scars from your experience. Some of you might have grown up in a really, really good home, a Christian home with family dinners and family vacations and, and family prayers, and yet still you found yourself sometimes feeling overlooked, feeling insignificant, or maybe even feeling misunderstood. Or perhaps you grew up in a home that was not so good. Maybe you had one or more of your parents that were emotionally absent or physically absent or maybe abusive in some sort of way. And when you look back, you don't really have many good memories about your childhood. And you have a lot of pain in your heart. Whatever the situation, I would believe that there are probably some wounds in here today. And so I want to ask God, I want to invite God into this moment to use his words to speak to us in a way that only he can do. And so I invite you to pray with me, if you would. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your goodness. 
Thank you for the body of people gathered here today. Father, would you just speak to hearts today? Bring about healing. Father God, be with us. Guide us and sustain us, Lord, this morning. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. In my own journey, um, uh, my, my faith journey, my spiritual walk, however you want to talk about it, um, I noticed uh, very early on that I could relate, I could relate to Jesus uh, as a friend. Like that relationship made sense to me. Uh, Jesus as, as a confidant, as someone I could talk to, as someone who, who would be there for me. Like that made sense to me. I, I had friends who were like that. I was very fortunate to have good friends. And so Jesus as a friend, I could relate well to that. I could relate to God in a spiritual sense. Uh, that, wasn't, that wasn't that difficult uh, for me. Um, but for a really long time, it was hard for me to relate to God as Father. And it still is for me at times. And here's the truth. I have an awesome dad. I have an incredible dad. Um, he was there. And he was around. But he's not a Christian. And I have some wounds from my father that make it really hard for me to think of and relate to God as my father. Uh, when I was 18, someone gifted me a book uh, called Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. And uh, that's really when my healing journey um, started to begin. And so there's a quote that he shares in this book that I want to share with you because I don't think I'm alone uh, when it comes to the struggle to relate to God as my father. And so here's this quote. I have it up on the screen. In my own childhood and boyhood, my father was the refuge from all the ills of life, even the sharp pain itself. Therefore, I say to son or daughter who has no pleasure in the name father, you must interpret the word by all that you have missed in life. All that human tenderness can give or desire in the nearness and readiness of love, all and infinitely more must be true of the perfect father, of the maker of fatherhood. The heart of George MacDonald. John Eldridge writes about this idea, this wound in his book. He calls it the father wound, and he says this about that. He says, every boy in his journey to become a man <clears throat> takes an arrow in the center of his heart, in the place of his strength. Because that wound is rarely discussed and even more rarely healed, every man carries a wound. And the wound is nearly always given by his father. And the same is true for girls too. The father wound. The wound is cut by a question left unanswered or maybe only partially answered by our fathers. Am I worthy of your love? Of your time? Of your presence and attention? Dad, do I have what it takes to be a man? Daddy, do you see me? 
Am I worth being pursued and cherished as a daughter, as a woman? Many of us grow up with this question left unanswered or partially unanswered, and sometimes unintentionally, like our dads just didn't know. They didn't know what they didn't know. Other times, our dads just weren't there. Or they were, and they were silent, just silent. And that wound, from that wound, we parent, and that wound is then passed on. But if this wound is cut by the Father, friends, it can be healed by one. It must be. I believe it can only come from one Father, and that is the Father revealed to us by the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And so I want to take you to a place in the Scriptures where we first see this revelation through Jesus of God as our Father. This is in Matthew chapter 3. Um, this takes place, uh, there's, there's a, um, a long list of, of names and lineage, and then we get this, we kind of come to this moment, and as soon as, this is Jesus' baptism. So as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and alighting on him, hovering over him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. In other words, Jesus, I see you, Father says. I am deeply proud of you. You have what it takes. These words from the Father communicated to the Son, who communicates them with us, for us. In other words, the Father's words toward us are, I see you. You have my love. You always have me. I'm here for you. I won't leave you. Son, you have what it takes. Daughter, you are my most cherished treasure. I'm so proud. The God that Jesus reveals to us is a father God, a father who is deeply and intimately in love with his son, a father who is deeply and intimately in love with you, with us. Jesus uses many stories to describe his father's love for us. He tries to invite us into this relationship that he has with the Father. Even when he teaches us how to pray, he says, Abba. He says, Father. That word is Abba. That word Abba is a, it's a personal word. It'd be like saying Daddy. Now, I'm not going to get up here and say Daddy God because I think that's a little weird. Okay, but that's literally Jesus is calling out. He's saying, Abba, Dad. And this is how he's teaching his followers to pray. It's this personal experience. But I, and, and Jesus goes through this time and time again, trying to show us this relationship. He uses many stories to describe his father's love, but none comes uh, close for me. Uh, 
as, a, as significant to me as the story of the prodigal son. Uh, and this, is in, this is in the Gospel of Luke. And it's a story of a father that has two sons. One son decides to ask his father for his share, for his inheritance. And he decides to take that. The father gives it to him. And the son decides to take it and go his own way with it. Use it how he wants. Whatever his heart's desire. So he goes off and he squanders it. He blows it on stuff that does not last. Stuff he wanted or desired even, but it left him empty. And he realizes this at some point in the story when he's broke, when he's hit rock bottom. And he's looking around him and he sees around him, he sees these pigs, like literally lowest of lows. He's the servant to pigs. And he sees these, these pigs eating, eating scraps. And these are what, this is what he is eating. And he says, even the servants, even the servants in my father's house eat better than this. And so he, there's this moment in the story where he kind of builds up this courage. And he says, he, he thinks to himself, you know what, I'm going to go back to the father. I'm going to go back to my father. I'm going to ask for his forgiveness. Father, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against God. And he's working this, this script up in his head about what he's going to say. And I know I've talked about this before. It's, such a, it's, a, it's a deeply forming story for me. But I think it's one that our, our culture and our generation needs so desperately. And so he's working up how he's going to go and how he's going to ask his father for forgiveness, how he's going to, you know, if he's texting any of these figures, ah, that doesn't sound right. No, I don't, I don't think I can say that. Here's how I want to say it. And you can imagine the whole way as he's walking home, because he's got to walk home. You can imagine how many times he probably uh, turned around and thought, you know what, I can't do this. I can't go back to my father. In that time, in that culture, it probably would have meant death. If you left a community, if you took your, your inheritance and squandered it, the village leaders, the church leaders, that would have been, you would have been dead to them. And if they saw you, they would have had every right to stone you to death. And what we see in this story is a son who's realized at this point, I, can, I need to go back to my father if I want to survive. I've got to go back. And so he does, he, just, he walks his way back, and while he's on his way back, while he's probably still, he probably can see the village, the town on the horizon. And we read in the story, we read of this father who sees the son from far off, which means what? He was probably looking for his son, watching for his son, or having someone watch for his son every day. And so he sees his son from far off. And this man, wealthy, likely, to have an inheritance, ran to his son, which would have been uncommon, unheard of. You do not do this as a father in this culture. You do not run. Because it would have meant that you would have had to pick up these robes that meant, that, that meant you're wealthy. 
That meant you were something in this culture, and you would have had to pick up these robes, bare your legs, and run. And this is something that you did not do. It was shameful. But we're told this father runs to his son off in the distance. Jesus uses this story to describe what it's, and and many others, to describe what the Father's love is for us, what it is like. You know, there's a reason the story of the prodigal son provokes and tugs at the hearts of many of us in the room today, because so many of us long to have a Father who runs towards us, who would run towards us. And as I was preparing for this message, I think God reminded me of a memory that I had, Uh, whether I tucked it away or um, hidden in in bitterness, but in a moment I had with my dad when I was in first grade or second grade. And I remember being over at my friend's house playing. We we shared backyards. And I remember being over at his house one day, one evening, I don't know, playing GameCube or something, and uh, and a storm uh, was on the horizon. And, you know, Indiana people, we aren't scared of storms. Okay, I know that now, <laughs> uh, but as a, as a first grader or second grader, I was terrified. I didn't like storms. Maybe you, maybe you parents in the room, maybe you have children who don't like, children who don't have sto- who don't like storms. And um, I was, I was, there was a tornado warning, we heard the sirens, and uh, I am, I'm freaking out. I, I call home, you know, I got to pick up, I got to remember my home phone number, okay? <laughs> I still remember to this day, it's, it's hilarious. Does anyone else have like their home phone number like ingrained in their brain? Okay, some of us who are old enough to have that still do. And so I remember dialing the number, you know, okay, 5345199, I got to call home, please pick up, please pick up the phone, please pick up the phone. And I remember calling me like, Dad, there's a tornado coming. What am I going to do? I'm here at my friend's house. Can you come get me? Can you come get me? And my dad's like, Austin, it's okay. Hang out. You're safe. All right, are you guys in the basement? Yeah, Dad, we're in the basement. Okay, but what if, what if it tears apart the house? What am I going to do? What if, I, what if I fly away? You know, like, hey, you know what happens? You know what happens to the Wizard of Oz? Okay, like, what if it happens to me? So I'm freaking out. I'm having this panic attack in the moment. And uh, I just remember, I remember the storm blowing, blowing over, and, and I survived, thank God. And... Um, <laughs> Right? And now, now I'm like the first one to go look out the window, like if a tornado's coming. Okay, it's so, it's so funny. Anyway, I remember, I remember the storm blew away, and the sun started to kind of peek through the trees in our neighborhood, and I remember running, running out of my friend's house. And I remember rounding the corner. And it's, I just remember seeing my dad. I remember seeing my dad come around. Out of the garage, he was riding one of my scooters. Because he's a dad. And uh, I think it was God this week trying to show me how important the, action of a fa- the actions of, uh, of a father is. It was a subtle reminder that uh, though imperfect, in a lot of ways, um, the actions of my earthy, earthly father uh, can still resemble the heart of my heavenly father. And it was a very redeeming moment for me this week. It was. Um, and it has led to some pretty cool opportunities that I hope to share with my dad. Uh, so for the dads in the room, <clears throat> the strength of your fatherhood 
can only come from one place, and that is from your relationship with your Father in heaven. And really, this is a truth for every kind of relationship. If you're a daughter, with your, any kind of relationships, if you are in relationships, which we all are, this is a truth for you. But especially fatherhood. C.S. Lewis, he wrote this. He said, a car was made to run on gasoline, and it would not run properly on anything else. Of course, this is before electric cars were invented, okay? So cut him some slack. Now, God designed the human machine to run on himself, God. He himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn, or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. We've all had a journey. We all have a journey. Whether it's you are a father or you have a father. And so for you, maybe that means you need to do some work with your earthly father. Trust me, that is hard work. Friends, forgiveness is a process. In the process, we acknowledge that we were wronged, that we were hurt, it mattered, and we choose to extend forgiveness. That is not saying it didn't really matter. That is not saying I probably deserved part of it anyway. Forgiveness says it was wrong, it did matter, and I release you. The theologian Louis B. Smeads, he says this about forgiveness. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. Maybe, maybe that means admitting that you can't do it alone. Jesus says these words. He says, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. He says, I live by the power of the living father who sent me. The words I say are not my own, but my father who lives in me and does his work through me. If Jesus didn't do it alone, then why are we trying? And fathers, fatherhood is hard enough as it is. It's hard enough as it is. Don't do it by yourself. Seek out the Father through prayer and His Word. Deepen that relationship with Christ who will reveal the heart of the Father to you, but also surround yourself with other dads who are following Christ too. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Right? Is that how the saying goes? Ultimately, it is Christ who can lead you into a deeper relationship with the Father. But I can come to know Christ better from friends who know him better or differently than I do. Maybe you just need to let Jesus in. Maybe you're afraid of what he's going to see. I know I was. But God already sees you, right? Blair just did a whole series called I See You. (laughs) He did a whole series on this fact. And it's funny because most of us kind of grow up with our grandma saying something or someone saying something along the lines of, God's always watching you. God sees what you're doing in the middle of the night. And that like, that terrified me. Man, the guilt that that caused, that idea caused in my life wreaked havoc. 
So friends, when you come to God, he sees you. And when he sees you, when he sees you, he sees a child, a beloved child. It's one he loves. Someone he cares for deeply. Someone he is proud of. He's seen your pain. He's seen what you've experienced. I see you. And he made a way. He made a way for you in Jesus. Maybe you've never considered the idea that you're wounded. Maybe you've never thought like that before. As a father, that could be terrifying. I don't want my family to know. I don't want anyone to know. I don't want that to be perceived as, as that I'm weak or that I have a problem. And so you bury it. You hide it. And maybe it's at the point where wounded? Not wounded. Maybe you've just gotten used to the pain. It's just a part of your life now. If you don't know, ask God to show you. Ask Jesus to reveal the Father to you. We know that no one comes to the Father except through him, Jesus. So let Jesus reveal to you the ways that his Father wants to heal you, restore you, and love you deeply. Friends, Jesus cannot heal a wound that you will not reveal. Lastly, this is for fathers. But I think it's something everyone can do if you find yourself in a relationship. But especially for fathers. Bless your children. Not just with words, but absolutely with words. Bless your children in action. Bless your children with your time and your presence and communicate your love and care to them. Your actions will show your words. They will communicate your care and love and your commitment to them. And if you've never received a blessing from your father and you feel like it's too late, well, then I pray that these words were for you today, that this message spoke to your heart. I also pray that God will reveal to you people in your life whom God has sent to bless you and communicate that blessing. It wasn't my own father. Band, I want to invite you guys up on the stage. So if you would, please come on up. Fathers, uh, your influence will impact. Um, and impact, sorry. Your influence and impact will be felt for generations to come, good or bad. Most likely a bit of both. It's just true. We're still human. But what we cannot get wrong is our relationship with our Heavenly Father.
Like a Father Caspian turn, we must wisely lead our families. And it starts first with trusting Jesus and who he says he is and what he reveals our, what he reveals our Father God to be like. When that is our foundation, we have a lamp at our feet. We have a wise counselor. We have a strong rescuer, a mighty warrior, and a loving father who sees us and says, I'm pleased. So fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers, as we go into this opportunity of worship, as we sing some songs together, it's my prayer that we run. We run towards the Father. Let us run towards the Father. And as we run towards Him, may we notice and see a Father running right back towards us. Or for me, on a scooter. In loving kindness, forgiveness, longing to meet us with a joyful embrace. Amen? Amen.